first scullet ever in Mazenod history. Scullet. The shaved head, but you sort of keep the mullet right at the back and it looks like it's also dyed peroxide blonde. It's a grand old fang, it's a high flying fang, it's the emblem for me and for you. Hello, wherever around the world you're listening, and welcome to the first ever Mazenod Old Collegians Football Club podcast. It's great to have you on board. The times are changing, 2020 is behind us, and we're starting to really move into the digital future. And what better way for Mazenod Old Collegians Football Club to do that than by launching our first ever podcast? My name's Steve Mann. I'm joined by the senior captain, little brother, Rob Mann. How are you, Rob? Thanks, Stephen. I really appreciate that. Um, good to be here. Very excited to talk all things footy with yourself um, and our, our other co-host this year. And, um, you know, it's, it's very um, nice to be working with you, only having the opportunity to play one game with you in the uh, 10 years we've been at the club together. So um, really looking forward to bouncing, um, bouncing off each other this year. Yeah, it should be good. Um, if you uh, work a bit more on that left foot kicking, we might get a few more games in together. The The main event, really, uh, I'm joined by, self-described as by far the best redhead at the club, uh, the man who invented the Not A Beer Pong tournament, which is down as one of the greatest, oh, one of the greatest ever uh, events. I, of course, talk of Sam Deegan. Deegs, welcome. Uh, good to be here, Steve and Rob. Um, Warbs doesn't have any hair. Uh, Hassa, so he's not included, mate. Yeah, Red yeah. Um, former redhead. Yeah, I got former the redhead the yeah. one there. <laughs> and just quickly, Robbie, you weren't at training tonight. Obviously, preparing for the the nodcast. Are you a bit nervous, or what's the go with that? Yeah, I um I had special permission to to take the night off to um recover the aging body and get ready for the nodcast. Um, yeah, the coaching the coaching team said they were a bit worried about. Um, how Steve might steady the ship. So I had to be ready um, in the wings, ready to manage things um, if things go a little bit haywire here on our first podcast. So, um, yeah, apologies to the boys not being down tonight. But um, well, yeah, I'd say been... things have gone haywire pretty much from the outset because we 30 seconds in, you started potting your co-captain. So already <laughs> the ship is well and truly wobbly. <laughs> Yeah, and and, um, and the thirds captain. So I'm um, yeah, I'm a bit isolated in the leadership group at the moment. But hopefully, over the course of tonight, we can win back a few relationships. We'll see how that goes. So, of course, uh, very new format we're embarking on this evening as we record it, and wherever you're listening to it around, I'd say metropolitan Melbourne. We may go global one day, but I don't think we're going to be there from the outset. Uh, the purpose of this podcast, of course, is going to be to bring to the players, the fans, the supporters, the coaches, to the Mazenod community, a bit of insight into what's going on. As we follow the team over the course of the season, we're going to be getting plenty of special guests on the pod over the course of the year if we don't get shut down after a week or two. Um, bugle, and, similar to the Bugle. Yeah, that's right. If uh, the, the, the Bugle was, you know, that was my brainchild of my mid-20s. And at the time, you know, newsletters were in fashion, but... It was the digital age now, and we had to take things up a notch. So we've, we've moved to the podcast format. And despite the many efforts of Butch, who was president at the time, to shut me down, journalistic integrity and free speech always carried through, and I expect we'll have the same results. If the Nodcast is anything like the Bugle, we're, we're bound to go global, I reckon. The Bugle was... Uh, I look forward to reading that when I was 10, jumping on the dad's emails. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and as long as you don't grow your hair past your collar I don't think Butchie's got too much to worry about He's, He was never a fan of pe- people with long locks um, As he reminded Simon Hall at the function the other night So yeah, I think we as long as we stay out of Butchie's crosshairs And I can't see him navigating the smartphone um, to listen to the Nodcast So I think we should be fine <laughs> Don't underestimate Butch He's a, uh, he's a, he's a beautiful man So let, let, let's get stuck into it uh, 2021, we're a week and a bit away from the season, probably about a week out by the time our listeners are sitting in their cars listening to our melodic voices. How are you guys feeling? We've had a year off. It's 2020 was not a year anybody expected. We've never faced a pandemic before. We've never had footy taken away from us as we go into the year. How do you guys feel about footy? 
I'm um, I'm really excited. I'm, this has been the best um, year of my life. I've had two pre-seasons to enjoy, which has been great. So um, excited about that and also excited about a lot of the new players and coaches we have at the club. Um, and I think everyone's sort of really keen to get back together and um, enjoy footy and um, excited for to get four points again. I think everyone's been missing that. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I've, I was a bit, a bit not... That as excited as Hass, obviously. Um, had a had Pre-season a pretty big COVID. Thing. No, not no exercise and uh, running. Not my thing. I like playing footy, but that makes it hard, doesn't it? Um, yeah, probably enjoyed myself and the beers and the food probably too much over COVID, and so I'm a bit behind. But uh, now that now that we're on the even round one. And yeah, do, don't you have? Are you? Is it true that you're suffering from? Um... The, the 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 number one COVID ailment um, at the moment, which is you know the the lack of conditioning, so you've got shin splints at the moment, rather in the post COVID yeah, at step. the moment. But that's yeah, I blame dad. Um, the bad genes I've had every, <laughs> every part of my body so far. So yeah, you wouldn't want to be wearing his jeans either. No, nah, they wouldn't fit, mate. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not struggling that bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm in a bit of a bit of both of you actually i think anyone who's wandered down to the clubbies training would have seen that there's a few boys have been in a very good paddock over the past year and a half uh, without any footy to kind of keep the kilos off but uh, and myself included i'm not going to point the finger having said that though i think last year was a reminder you don't realize how much you miss things till you don't have them and just the social aspect of footy having something to look forward to running out on a weekend and you know even if you're so I was not doing that well or you're not doing that well. It's just still a real highlight of the week. I think having not had that for a year, never been more excited going into a season. And I think, you know, the more you talk to different people at the club, there seems to be a really consistent feel of people who are just not even just about the footy, but just happy to be back together, back out, socialising, being part of something again. And I think that was, that was evident um, on Friday night at the season launch where we had, you know, 225 people back. You know, it's, it's definitely the largest function that I've been to in the, the post-COVID environment. So clearly there's an appetite for people to get back involved with the club. And, um, and I think that social aspect is definitely core. Um, and then, you know, for some, it's, it's the laps around the oval. But um, I think mostly it's for, it's for getting back in, you know, having a, having a drink together and um, just socialising. We're going to do some season previews tonight just to kick the season off. But before we do, I think probably off field is just as important. Who were the standout performers from Friday? Sweet Chili Philly. Sweet Chili Philly's kit was unbelievable. Again, he never failed. Bill Gilbert. Yep. Leah Bunta, her first first function that she's running along with Franny Pileski this year. And she enjoyed herself quite a lot. Um, Similar to the former... So similar to the former VP of socials. Yeah, yeah. You gotta um, well, you gotta set this the standard, don't you? So you want everyone else to have fun, you gotta have fun yourself. Um it's a good tactic. If you you just come in all guns blazing from the first function, everyone knows they're in for a good time. It's gonna be a belter of a year social-wise. Yeah. Um, I was pretty impressed to see Butchie trying to smuggle um some cowboys into the, the venue. So oh, no. um, not trying to pick on Butchie tonight, but, you know, that's always been um, a highlight of Mazda Functions over the years, so that was good to see. Are they, are they the same ones that expired in, like, 28, 2008 and you picked them up in 2010 and <laughs> just trot them out year after year at the end well, of the season? They're definitely the same plastic shot glasses. I know that. So <laughs> he's very sustainable, I Butchie. I did notice. Great in the COVID environment. Yeah. yeah. I did notice a couple of the young Italian boys, uh, Luke Pippolo and Pucci, um, I don't know if you noticed, Rob, but there was a, there was a bit of poker going on next door uh, with all the old Italian nonnas and nonnas, and I saw Pips and Pooch rock in there and try and. They jumped in, so they jumped in. Um, I think, yeah, I, don't I reckon know they would have got went. fleeced. Yeah, you, you've got to be smarter than to walk in. Those people know what yeah. they're doing. Nah, Played a couple of hands. Interesting. A couple of hands. I, and they came out very quickly, so I think they uh, <laughs> poker's not for them. The other, of course, exciting thing from the night was the release of the team of the decade. Some some big name, pretty, pretty formidable side name there. What, what did you guys make of that one? Yeah, oh that that uh midfield center line for me, I've 
look, there's a few names I've never heard of in that team, um, but I'm, I'm only young. Um, but I'm sure they're great players. Uh, but that midfield centre line, I think it was Stewie Inglis on the wing. Was it Tim? Oh, was it Mick Chamberlain in the middle? And then... Yep, Timmy Bourbon. Bourbon on the other wing. On the other wing. Yeah. Well, those are guys. BNFs in that list. So, so just to, to walk you through the team of the decade, 2001 to 2010. In the back line, Nick Parry, Paul Nelson, Dave Hansen. Former captain there. Uh, halfback, Mark Murray, Troy Castricum, Sam Reed. Centre line, Tim Bourbon, Mick Chamberlain, Stuart Inglis. Half forward, Benny Chamberlain, Jerome Dunn, Jake Beard. Full forward line, Dan Kelly, Dave Maskell, Chummer, Jay Aware. Rucks, Dom Dunn, Nick Meehan, Baz, and Dave Chamberlain. And the interchange, Scotty Veltman, Byron Bonner, Paddy Johnson, and Jonesy, Paul Jones. Coached by oh. Dave Murray and captain Ben Chamberlain. Pretty strong team. And having been fortunate enough to play with, I think, all but three or four guys in that team, um, some very competitive beasts in that squad. So you you wouldn't want to be playing against them. It'd be pretty hard to get a kick, I imagine. The thing that I'm most interested in, though, is how we define decades at Mazinog. 2001 to 2010 seems like an interesting way to define the decades. Can you talk me through that one? Yeah, we're obviously not going off the Roman calendar. We're using yeah. some sort of obscure... Maybe more the Gregorian setup. I'm uh, not sure. Not too sure. But I guess Julian, it sets us up beautifully, Julian doesn't it? I should say. It sets us up beautifully because next year we just go again and we go 2011 to 2020. We get another function out of it. So I reckon someone, Jared Noon or someone in there who's pulling the purse strings just knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for it. It did bring up, looking at that team, there's a few guys that... I played in a flag with in 2011. So just a reminder out there to whoever organises the reunions, 10 years this year, make a big night for us. Thanks. Yeah. And it was interesting to, to reminisce about footy um, with some of those guys on Friday night, you know, the pre-concussion era. Some of those guys um, played in a different time where, you know, they were sort of, I think Nick Parry was dragged off the field unconscious for the last 15 games of his career. Um, so... You know, it was a different time, but um, definitely, you know, it's something we can look back on with um, fond memories of, I think. <laughs> Nick Parry doesn't have too many memories of it, but the rest of us do. And Baz Meehan played with a um, brain tumour for, um, I think, some of his footy. Did he, he got you want to be an F with a brain tumour, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you, so you, wouldn't, you, you, you wouldn't be able to play again in this current environment. So, um, yeah, we're pretty fortunate to get those guys out in the park considering you know, the amount of injuries that they had back in the day. I was going to make a joke about wheeling a few of them out to the awards night, but a few of them are still playing with us in the third, so I might just leave that one. Well, I'm I'm interested to hear a bit about the thirds because you guys have been um, a little bit more incognito this year. So um, when we get to it, interesting to hear what's going on in the thirds because I haven't been sided with the main group, but I'm hearing this. Yeah, club within a club, aren't they? Yeah, a bit of empire building from what I've I've heard. Tom DeYoung... Uh, um, can't get a straight word out of him, but you never can. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. No, just just bit of bit of high altitude camps, and you know, just just getting the boys right for round one, keeping it pretty low key at the moment. Um, but let's let, let's not jump past the the more important teams. So maybe we'll start with the seniors. Rob, you're probably best placed. How are we looking heading into round one? Really excited. I think um, we've had two um, trade periods to capitalise on uh, moving into this season. So a lot of guys that we picked up going into the 2020 season um, uh, at the club and really excited to play their first games for four points for Mazenod. So those guys, are, you know, people like Sam Michael from Port Melbourne and, and Dela, um, really strong inside mid, brother of Tim. Um, we've got Ryan Lavery, um, who's from the country. He's a smart midfielder, small forward. Um, he's shown a lot of promise. Lockie Mann, who um, is the cousin of ours, who was a former under-19 player back in 2011-2012, who's returned to the club after a, a very impressive um, athletics career. And he's um, running like he's, – he's lapping everyone at, um, me twice <laughs> in the time trials. Time trial. <laughs> twice. <laughs> Yeah, twice. I learned when I was about eight years old, just don't bother running against him. Yeah, so um, very excited to, to play with him. And I think he's going he's gonna to really expose some opposition um, wingmen for their lack of conditioning. Really excited to get 
Um, Damien Byrne back to the club. Tubsy, who after a couple of years away, is um, returned and he's got a couple, he's got a set of pipes on him. I don't know if you have you noticed that, Deeks? Uh, mate, I don't know what he's been doing, but we should uh, we should follow that program because um, <laughs> he has come back twice the size, but not fat, just ripped. Yeah, oh, like, like just big, just like big just thick. Yeah, he's um he's looking really good and hitting him. a few more targets this time around too. I've noticed, which is good. Yeah, well, that's he's, a he's he's um yeah good definitely clip. a kick worthy <laughs> of having in a, a backline with you, Sammy. So you know we're. Oh, I hope he's on my backline this year. He's a ones player for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was playing ones. I thought you were playing ones too. Um, oh, Matty Patira is another guy we've got back um, to the club after coming across twenty twenty. He's um, a hard-running midfielder. Um, he's had some experience at NAB League level, um, trained with VFL, so he's looking good. And we've also picked up an eclectic mix of Ruckman. So our director of coaching, Marty McMahon, um, scoured the, the local leagues um, near and far to find us some Ruckman. So we've, we've, got, we've picked up Big Nick. Um, so a little bit on Big Nick. He's a, a, a Mauritian from, uh, who's from Williamstown, who um, six foot 10, I'd say. Do you reckon, Teagues? Oh, he's about eight foot nine or something. He's huge. <laughs> he's massive. He's a 19 year old, eight foot nine and 110 kilos, but can move. He's got good agility. Um, he's a volleyball background, so he fits right at home at Mazenod. Um, so he's, he's a development player. He, he's looking like he's going to um, eventually um, really be a promising one's prospect. And then we've also picked up Benny Childs from Dramana um, through um, the contacts from Marty, and he's looking good. And Benny Childs, just on him, I've gone through the tapes for the last 30 years, and I can confirm, I've checked with a lot of people, first skullet. Ever in Mazenod history, scallop. That's the shaved head, but you sort of keep the mullet right at the back, and um, it looks. It's also dyed peroxide blonde, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. cap it off. Look, Is, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I love it, and uh, <laughs> we can, we need more of that down the nod. Sammy, who's your top three haircuts? Oh, top three haircuts. Because I notice year on year, and this probably shows my old age a bit, but you know, I'm a big fan of the short back and sides, Johnny Unitas style haircut. But yeah, all the, all there's clearly, haircut, so. yeah, well, um, Mary does a good haircut. That's why <laughs> the, yeah, I don't know. Just I'm noticing they get more outlandish. And I feel like a connoisseur like yourself, who even knows what a skullet is, would be a pretty good judge. Skullet, yeah. Well, I'll give you, I've got a couple that come to mind straight away. Poochie is rocking an absolute oh, yeah. fro perm uh, at the moment, <laughs> just letting it grow out, but it's growing upwards. For, um, our, for our listeners out there that haven't stupid. seen Pooch recently, picture Wayne Carey 93. So real sort of fluffy sort of setup at the top, but also a long, elongated, yeah. curly mullet at the back. It's, it's quite the something main. to behold. And it, he, uh, his, his big fro connects straight down to the big, uh, the big chest hair and, <laughs> I don't know if he's if he's chopping the chest hair off, putting it on his head, or if he's chopping his <laughs> head, pacing it to his chest. I don't know what's going on, but he, he's looking mighty fine at the moment. And he's and he's playing good footy. That's what that's what matters. It's about being that's confident. All that the other setup that I, if I can just jump in, Sam, the other setup that I've noticed was real big change from what he's been rolling the last couple of years. Jakey Charming, he's gone from the long flowing hippie sort of. Set up to this real sort of chiseled square fringe, part straight down sort of yeah. thing. I, I don't I, know. I, what, uh, I think he's been. I'm not sure if you're familiar, Rob. I don't think you're a TikTok man, but I think that he's all he's all about the TikTok, and that's what the American TikTokers uh, are rocking these days. The uh, the big. Oh right, so it's a it's a front a, hair. Yeah, I think he's okay. uh, got his inspiration from them. Has he got how many followers is he rolling with on TikTok? Oh, mate, I don't think he's on TikTok. I think he just gets inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I, I, I like as far as contrast goes from one season to the next. Um, I know we've had COVID in between, but um, yeah, no, he really stuck out as someone that's changed up the game plan moving forward. So good on to Jakey. Evolution's yeah. important. So Rob, back to the seniors. 
few few new guys in. How's the practice match form been like? So it was good to beat Whitefriars. Um, we haven't beaten them in the practice matches the last couple of years, even though we've um, a couple of divisions above them. So that was nice to tick that one off. Um, really nice ball movement. Peter Banfield um, coming in as coach is really exciting and he's got a clear game plan that we want to implement. Um, he's very, very sure of what he wants um, and, you know, really wants to create a fun, exciting environment and, and back up guys to take risks. So you really see that with the ball movement um, coming through at some, um, you know, coming through the corridor, which is, which is good to see. And, you know, I think, as we move forward, you know, with those guys that I've spoken about adding to the list and, and retaining um, by and large our list, you know, the only guys that we've really lost, uh, which were, you know, the substantial, but I think we can cover them is Josh Mewling. So he's um, hung the boots up to work on his short game. I'm not sure if you've had a, had a hit with him, Deeks. I've had a hit with him. Um, look, Joshy, I love you. I love you. He'll be, he'll be tuning in. One of the most boring golfers I've ever seen. Just doesn't take a risk. Straight down the middle every time. Look, he's a great golfer, but, you know, if you're paying money, you want to go out there and, and attack the pins, as Phil Mickelson would say. And <laughs> just, uh, he just he collects his par, but no, no risk-taking at all. A bit like his footy. He's, um, pull the socks up. It. It just, yeah, just pull the socks up and, you know, did the right thing every time. And sometimes you just want to take... You just want to have that pot shot from the boundary and it might go in. Sometimes you want to you want to bring a ruckman to the club with a skullet who's going to, you know, kick it across goal with a minute to go. And that's something yeah. that I suppose we've got this year that we didn't have last year. And, and speaking of ruckman, um, we've also we've also lost Dave Regan, who um, we'd lost for about 10 years anyway when he moved to America. And we got back for a handful of games last year. So, um, you know, he had a, a big contribution coming back, but he's um, prioritised Melbourne Footy Club. Um, in a strength and conditioning capacity. So we've, we've said goodbye to Riggs, um, which is disappointing, but, you know, um, we'd already lost him anyway, I think. Certainly a big loss. We'll look forward to seeing how you guys go round one against Old Geelong. Diggs, the women's team, what are you hearing from that camp? Yeah, I haven't actually uh, had a lot to do with them. I haven't been down to training too much and I missed a few of the games, but I've gone to some reliable sources. In um, I went to assistant coach, Snake Charman, Frankie. Who, not Frankie Davis, no, no, no. Uh, the Snake Charman hasn't actually himself been down to many trainings, uh, <laughs> from what I've heard. But apparently, is a is a superstar around the, uh, according to the girls. Uh, you know, walks in and arms wide and look at me, I'm here, the saviour. Is what he's running <laughs> with. But I've heard. Uh, where's, he, where's he been? Is he been at the barbers? Is that where he's spending most of his time? <laughs> uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's catching up on uni work. That's his excuse every weekend. So just went to him. I went to Paul Deegan as well, the coach. He's obviously my dad, um, and he, as well as Jake, just asked for a few. You know, how'd you go in your first packy games, intra clubs, and the first intra club I heard that Paul Deegan was actually best on ground. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I heard that from a few girls, but I also heard it from the man himself. Uh, apparently, run around umpiring the game, but probably too many times gave himself the free kick to, to kick into the forward line. And apparently, <laughs> at one point, gave himself a free kick right in front of goal just to slot a sausage. So he's done the Peter, he's done the Peter Carey. Do you remember yeah, Peter Carey? girls play. Gee. I know, Indra Club. They're trying to learn, and Paul's uh, out there. Trying to get a few stats on the board. Um, all right. But in all seriousness, the girls, I think they've had a, a good preseason from what I'm hearing. Um, a few standouts. Lara Del Conti just slotting five goals in her first game for Ooh, the Nodders. Handy. Pretty handy recruit. Tiani, and uh, I'll have a crack at her last name. Wiri Puzipitu. Hopefully, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't disgrace that, but. Apparently, he's bringing her own footy to the games and to training. She's a superstar on the rise, and uh, that's good signs ahead for the for the seniors. I think they, I think they had a bit of a loss on the weekend, um, but the Whitefriars girls have a have about five or six uh, representative girls in their team, so not a bad result when you compare it to that. Women's twos, uh, Blair Bunto is uh, looking as fit as ever, and 
apparently, yeah, she's she could be in for a big season, what I'm hearing. Annabelle Todd as well. I think I think her dad might be assistant coach or do we know? Yeah, Toddy, club legend. Toddy, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, I think so. Yeah, club club legend. I think he's assistant coach of one of the teams. She apparently hasn't missed a training session and her skills have gone from, you know, the butcher Taylor Adams to Scotty Penderby. I think she's improved out of sight. Uh, and she's also she's also um, heavily involved in the, the feeder program too, isn't she? She stepped up in that capacity, I believe. So that's great that she's doing that. Yep, doing great things around the nod. And uh, the one to watch, is the one I'm hearing is the big Fev... Uh, Alex Plesky's girlfriend, Louisa Gennetti. I think uh, I'm hearing some good things that she could be anything, uh, Louisa, and kicking some big goals in the in the twos. And hopefully, at some point, she gets a chance into in the ones uh, team and can show what she can do up there. Bit of a super boot, bit of a Bernie Quinlan sort of player, is she? I've got no idea who Bernie Quinlan is, but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully our hamstring is in better nick than Alex Pelesi's after I had a front row seat to him just pulling up mid-stride in the twos practice match a couple of weeks ago. Was uh, a, that was a pointing end to the day for him after watching him just just destroy the hapless back line of the Kilcunda Bass under-19s then just no, no, for the, a bit of twos action. Well, no, we're in the girls' segment now, but... Uh, Feb, Alex Pulesky, mate. You went down as if you'd been shot with a sniper and I've seen you three weeks later running around the training track like nothing's happened. So a bit of mail on that one, I reckon, maybe. Uh, is but, that um, I, just a bit of interest? And I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a doctor by any means, but is, that, is there something genetic there? You know, um, two Pulesky boys have done hamstrings in this preseason. Is there, do you think there's a little something, something there or is it just bad luck? It's a good question. I'm still not convinced uh, Alex did his hammy. Uh, you can't recover that quickly, but <laughs> there might be. There might be. <laughs> Back to the girls, though. They're, the girls are the girls are looking good. And I think, hopefully, uh, positive, the fixture's obviously not out because they don't know who they're playing yet, but hopefully they get a, some, some competitive teams to play against and can do some damage and, you know, they want to flag in their first season. And I think uh, hopefully if, if they get a positive draw, they can repeat that this year. Oh, big, big call early. I like it. We're getting to the uh, big calls a little bit later in the show, aren't we? Oh, there's nothing, nothing wrong with going early, particularly when we're undefeated for the decades so far in the girls team. Not by so, the way that we like measure it. decades. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, we're, we're in that version as well. Going into the next one, the under-19s. Um, now, interesting year for under-19s because we've obviously we've come out of a year of COVID which has a bit of a flow-on effect because a bunch of guys didn't get to finish their junior careers and a bunch of guys, therefore, didn't get to finish their 19s career. So they've changed the, the eligibility rules. So we've carried a bunch of guys up who would have otherwise been seniors this year, looking like we've got a, a very, very strong group of players that are going to be running around in the 19s this year. And we, we saw a number of them firsthand a couple of weeks ago in a practice match, just they called it off at three-quarter time, about 200 points ahead of old Kilconda Bass. So that was pretty pretty good. And a bunch of them had played up in seniors and twos as well. So looking pretty strong there. I think like a lot of teams, there's probably a bit of a squeeze on depth of numbers just because sort of having not had that group of guys coming up from the top of the junior grades probably hurts a little, but I think they're looking pretty strong. Rob, you coached a, a fair few of these guys in year 12 footy at Mazenod. What are you thinking looking into? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a little bit uh, envious that some of the boys over the last couple of years haven't come up to the seniors just yet. Um, and fair enough, you know, have that year in our 19s and um, playing with playing with your mates. But um, having coached, as you say, a number of them, you know, there's some really talented footballers, you know, guys like Mitch McCarthy, uh, Jackson Cotter. Um, we've got Andrew Kovac. So um, Eamon McKenzie, there's some, and that's just to name a handful. And then you've got the, the, the older guys like um, Fish. So I think you played with Fish's old man back in the day, um, Steve. played in his 300th, actually. And I think yeah. Zach was running around at about six years old at the time. They had great skills from memory from an early age. And obviously his grandfather's been, you know, great servant of the club 
best goal umpire we've ever had. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to him coming up and playing some senior footy soon. And then you, you've got, you know, John Backhouse, the president's son, who's, um, you know, sporting a, 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 Jake Char- a former Jake Charman sort of um, long haircut at the moment. He's looking um, like he's up and about and ready for a big season. So, yeah, there's some guys that I think are going to add plenty of depth um, to the seniors over the next couple of years and, and, and be some stars of the club moving forward. Looking like a bright year for the 19s. Uh, the Resi Thieves. Resies. Oh, I don't want to peg anyone into the resies, obviously. Um, <laughs> hopefully everyone's pushing for seniors at, at some point. Uh, but, yeah, like you said before, a lot of the 19s filled in against Kilcunda in uh, the first Pracky game. And then, uh, from what I'm hearing, I wasn't there on the weekend against Whitefriars, but the resies just played the first half, maybe with a few fill-ins for the second half and the threes took over. Uh, but, yeah, on the track... Well, well I'll, I'll get to the leadership group first. I think Benny Riley's been named as captain. Whether we, whether the resi see much of him, I'm not sure. Could he be uh, the first captain never to play twos? I'll have to get back to you on that one, Robbie. I haven't, uh, I'll have to go to my mate Swamp on Twitter and just ask. I think he's got all the stats. The stat man. There, there, there was a previous twos captain, Michael Regan, who when announced twos captain declared he wouldn't play a single game in the twos, <laughs> didn't leave the team for the entire year. So it, it could early. be an omen. That is pretty he's, early. He's now a recruiter for Port Adelaide. So, you know, he, he knew talent where he saw it. That's true. He's got a great eye for it. Yeah, in the resis. Um, so Josh McKenna, a bit like myself, enjoyed himself probably a bit too much over COVID. So he, he'll find himself in the resis, I think, but well, early in the season. Uh, dominated in the middle on the weekend against Whitefriars. Vice-captain or, or deputy vice-captain, Luke Kipolo, uh running off halfback, kicking balls into the middle of the ground and a very trim Jezza Wellsford just crashing bodies. And he's one that I think is one to watch this year. He's looking really good, Big Ledge. Um, that's what the, the boys around the club that I know call him. Um, and... For about the last six years, he, he had a, a wrist cast um, on. So it's really good to see him with that off and, you know, looking pretty mobile and trim. And I'd be, I'm interested if anyone knows the the diet regime that the Wellsford boys have done. Because I know Joel's dropped a lot of kegs and he looks fit. Um, it seems you like they've done quite a bit right. Actually, I'll, I'll take it. Sure. Now they're looking good. Is, it, is looking there any good. chance we're going to see all four Wellsfords play in the same team this year? Because we had we saw three of them in that first two's bracket match. And it was quite Sean think, had I about fifty five touches by half time. You would not be surprised. I wouldn't have thought. Be good I think see. I think they do a fair bit of damage on the field, and then I think the Welshed boys would celebrate pretty hard off it after they all played together. <laughs> there is a, there is a one note that I want to make from the twos. I was, I was at training night, just asking around. I wasn't there on the weekend, but after Chrissy Martin. How, how he went and, you know, a bloke that's rocked up with four very questionable haircuts over the, <laughs> over the pre-season, all with blonde tips, um, was telling me that he, that he actually kicked one of the best goals you'll ever see late in the game on the weekend. He said he broke someone's ankles, sold the entire candy shop to him and slotted the goal. So sounds like there's a bit of mayo on that, Chris. But, yeah. And, and he's, been, like he's been training in the backline group all preseason, so I don't know what he's doing up there in the forward line. Uh, you need a picky spot, I reckon, Chris. I, I, reckon, um, I, I fancy him as a small forward, I reckon, particularly if you're going to rock that sort of haircut. You're not a back pocket plumber, lockdown defender with tips. No, just, the two are incompatible. It's interesting because having um, witnessed him on the M Factor stage a couple of times, he went the jet black Elvis sort of bouffant a couple of years ago. So um, the fact that he's, he's he's migrated across to the the tip setup, uh, he's not afraid to try something new, is he? Uh, and that's the creativity you need in a forward line. That's what Peter yeah. Banfield's talking about—just chaos, let things happen. Um, and clearly, he's, he's he's listened to that on and off the field at the moment. And also good to see tonight at training. Obviously, when you hear this, it won't be tonight. But ex-captain Daniel Hayes back on the track. We're not sure if we're going to see him again. <laughs> the old skinny stick running around. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be 
good addition to the team. And then I think with with so many recruits in the in the seniors, the resis are in for a big year. I, I think there's going to be a lot of guys stiff to be playing twos every week. From from my point of view, and the resis team is going to be very very good. And you know, on paper, you'd say you, you obviously don't know how the other teams are going, but this team should be playing finals for sure. Uh, it's it's the problem you want to have though, because uh, you know I've played a lot of reserves footy over the years, and you need a decently strong depth of your ones, or you're never going to get anywhere. You're just losing your players every week, so it's a bit of a double-edged sword. There'll be some frustrated guys probably through the year, but it's always much more fun when you're winning. So hopefully, well, I think if I think if you go back through the the club history, you'll you'll see that. The team, the times that our ones have performed really well, the twos have been really strong as well. You know, it's been um, both sides performing at the, in the same year. I think it's really difficult if only one team's um, strong. I don't think I don't think it's good for the club. So it's great to hear that the twos and the ones are, are set for big years as well as um, in the women's programs. But what about the threes? I'm interested to hear about it, Steve, because. Um, we haven't heard anything. We, we literally haven't seen anyone. We haven't heard anything. No one's come to training with the, the main group, so I don't know what's going on. Um, it smells a bit dodgy from what I, I think, but can you sort of fill us in a little bit about it? No, nah, nothing nothing dodgy here at all. I, I'd firstly say that not having heard much out of the threes is probably not a new thing. I don't think you see too many guys at training in previous years either. Uh, but now this year, it's actually been quite different. We We've got a pretty older group profile anyway. So a lot of guys have kids, a lot of guys in their sort of early to mid thirties. So we we made the call back in January that we just run our own training sessions and start a couple hours later. So sort of do a 7.30 type start. We, we trained at different venues, obviously, to avoid the ground clashes with the rest of the club. And where we'd normally see an average of two to three clubbies guys at training and obviously part of the reason of that grade is that you get guys who aren't trained for work reasons and other things but we've probably had an average of about 25 to 30 at every session really really strong numbers we've you know there's been a bit of talk about some of the other grades that have struggled a little bit numbers wise with COVID I I think there's going to be no problem across the club because we've got guys coming out of our eyeballs Um, so really promisingly as well there's a bunch of guys that have come back to the club after a few years off where I think just you know, we talked earlier about post-COVID and, you know, the social aspect of footy. It's been great to have a heap of guys just want to get back down amongst it, playing footy with their mates. So, look, things are looking good. We'll see how we, we go. We don't have a fixture yet either, so not clear on what division we're in or who we're playing against. But uh, we come into the season with a few good recruits. A couple of notable ones out of the threes, Joel Fitzsimmons, Fitzy, who's uh, been a bit of a stalwart of the club for many years, came back looking absolutely just shredded completely different he, he dropped half his body weight he's running around to the nickname tapeworm at the moment he got married a few weeks ago so he'd been on a crash diet for about six months and just shed all the kilos he's looking very good uh, how's he gone how's he gone with the honeymoon um survived he regressed at all or didn't get locked down yeah yeah he put on about 10 percent of it but he's still you know 50 kilos under playing weight so he's looking great um <laughs> we've, we've, we've picked what up about mr mr fitz is he having a run around this year as well do you know if we'll be able to squeeze him into, onto the field? Unfortunately, the numbers are a bit strong. Usually, we could we could get him in for a game or two, but he'll, he'll no doubt be involved. Bit of a mainstay of the threes down there. Tommy's back for another year. We've picked up a few guys. Numbers looking pretty good. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a very fun year, and I think the, the side should shape up pretty well. And I heard something tonight at uh, at training. Who who was the unlucky bloke who ran on? I think did he ping his car? Oh, ping his hammy running onto the ground or something or what, what was the go there? <laughs> I'm not across this one, but there was a guy, was it, was it Sammy? Maybe it was, maybe it was, there was a... right after this first bounce after half time or something when he, his first 15 seconds of playing time, he's, he's torn the hammy off the bone is the, the room I'm here. <laughs> so, so that, yeah, one of the guys, Sammy, Sammy's done, he's been injured, might've been from the weekend. There's another guy, Benny Parker, who no joke, will do his hamstring eight times this season. And the only thing that will cap the number of hamstrings is the severity of the injuries and how it takes him to come back. Because he's just he's just a walking torn hamstring, that guy. Hey, get him on Alex Bolesky's rehab routine. He'll be back out there next week. <laughs> we'll pass it along to him. But anyway, we're, we're looking forward to it. It, it. it should be a pretty good year. 
The other bit that I think is always pretty topical come preseason is, and we've touched on a couple of these guys so far tonight, uh, and girls for that matter, but just the real preseason hype, the, who's just tearing it up on the track, who's looking amazing, who's you know going to kick 100 this year, who's got the BNF locked and loaded before round one. You guys have been around a while. You, you've got a pretty good eye for talent, but you've also been around the club plenty this preseason. Who's been catching your eye as we lead up to the season? Oh, the first one that jumps up for me um, is Nick Peck. So first day of preseason, rocked up, um, had the bucket hat on, looked really serious, wanted to protect himself yeah. from the sun. The clip around bucket, bucket hat as well. I think it's for surfing. It's very good. We yeah, he'd gone straight from the surfboard um, to the training track and, and he never looked back. Um, did a, did a, a series of triathlons over the summer. He's looked a million bucks and Pecky is ripping it up. And in a new role on the weekend in the ruck forward rotation, he looked dangerous. So he's been adamant that he'll never play ruck, but if he's starting ruck round one against old Geelong at Como Park, um, I reckon he might, I might reckon he might say yes to PB. So um, yeah, Pecky's my, my one that's flying on the track so far this year. Yeah. My flying on the track and look, I'm, I'm very sorry. Uh, I don't want to peg this guy in as a twos player either because he's certainly, certainly good enough to play ones. But I think he might start in the twos anyway. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm not the coach. Uh, but Jolie <laughs> Wellsford uh, is flying, dominating uh, pracky games, dominating intra-clubs on, on a Thursday night, looking real fit, doesn't miss targets and... Uh, He's my flying on the track because I think he's going to do some some big things this year and I would not be surprised if he spends a large chunk of the, the season up in the ones. Could be a big one this year. One guy standing out from the threes, the 58-year-old Scotty Beltman, just named in the team of the decade on the weekend, but he is he's looking like a statue of David at the moment. He's spent the entire lockdown kicking the footy by himself at the park, just working on his fitness, working on his skills. He's looking pretty good. He's been standing on guys' heads at training, which is pretty normal for him, to be honest. But but even still, just pretty remarkable stuff for a, a man of his age. He's always been cut like a diamond. He's he's always been cut like a diamond in my like I played with him back in two thousand eight, um, and back then he was he was chiselled and he's maintained that. Yeah. Oh, he, he yeah. But I, I don't know. He's he's taken it up a notch this year, and he's. He's got the nod as a vice captain in the in the threes this year. And I think just even just having a guy like that straight out to do the coin toss really sends a signal to the opposition in that grade of football. So as, I reckon it's a pretty smart move by Tom and the boys. As far as great Mazinod Riggs, if you is he in the same league as a, a hando and a shooter? Are we are we are we putting V Man in that sort of category or where's he sitting? Shooter's yeah. rig was, uh, for them, for those that don't know, we're talking about Casey Paletti, who was a, a very tough in-and-under footballer who just was the size of a house, but all muscle, no fat. Um, but he was almost intimidatingly big. Like, he just muscles upon muscles. Whereas I think Scotty Veltman's just more of a, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym type body. And he's looking, he's, I don't know, he's looking good this year. He's looking fit as well. Think he's up and about. Is yeah, it's a good question. Dave Hansen was just a wrecking ball. I don't know. It might be something we have to revisit um, in a in another episode. Great rigs of Mazinod footy folklore. One bloke that you're mates with, Rob, I think, who thinks he's got a great rig and probably did. Holmesy. Oh, he rates, his, he rates his rig, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he, he's someone that unfortunately didn't play a lot of footy at the club because his his rig failed him. But um, as far as um, yeah, aesthetics, um, absolutely. But functionality always lacking a little bit. <laughs> so it really depends what metric we're using um, when we're analysing rigs. But um, yeah, no, I definitely, definitely had a lot going for him and um, probably someone that we'd love to get back to the club. I think he played a threes game back in 2019. Yeah, he played a season with us in 2018, oh, obviously. Oh, that's about four games for him. But Yeah, Bowie, um, Bowie's debut and um, two-goal bonanza. Um, so yeah, Homer played back then, so it'd be good to get him back in the club. But yeah, he yeah, he was serviceable. <laughs> big calls for this year, boys. What are we thinking? I'll, I'll go first. My big call, and this is 
this is a big call. This um, this took me a lot all day to think of. My big call. This guy has not signed up to play, um, but the <laughs> last couple of weeks I've been. I've, yeah, yeah. Well, the last couple of weeks I've been spending a bit of time with the trainers and having a bit of a kick with Mario, um, the trainer, Ooh. and he's been uh, he's been flying with the with the pill. Um, doesn't miss targets, you know. Keeps keeps dropping hints. Oh, get me back out there! Get me back out there! I'll dominate. And I reckon he, my big call for 2021, he's going to fill in. He's going to fill in for the thirds or the resis and he's going to kick a bag. Whoa. That's my big call. And uh, I, think, I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. He's got the ability. Um, he, just needs, he just needs the opportunity. Come on down. We're, we're, we've got a spot for you in the thirds. We haven't had a trainer go from trainer to the one since Jeff Bates, have we? Well, that's contentious, Jeff Bates, because this came up on a group chat the other day when Bader was talking about his senior career and we got into a big debate about whether practice matches count. But uh, I I don't know. It, it, I think he'd be the first one. I think officially, play a ones game, he'd be the first one. Start the year as trainer in the year in the ones. And I think I, I, also might, I also might have be the, the only water boy that asked for a rub off a trainer and Jeff Bates happened to be the trainer back in my youth. Um, so I can, I can speak from experience that he was, he was a great trainer and maybe even better trainer than footballer. So, um, and, and you know how good a footballer he was. He was, he was the VAFA trainer of the week round 16, 2004 from memory. And my memory <laughs> is pretty clear on that one because he talks about it quite regularly. <laughs> That can't be a thing. Was that was that a segment? It was generally it? was, yeah. Someone nominated him trainer of the week. record. I think yeah, I think surely. How do you how do you um, compete as trainer of the week? <laughs> I don't know. He got a gift basket, some lotions, and <laughs> that sort of stuff. It was. <laughs> if we wanted to find out, I think we could. Um, I think Fish would probably have the record from back in two thousand four. I reckon he's always palming them out on a Thursday. So if we went back through the annuals. Um, he might be able to find it. My big call, though, in 2021, and we've, we sort of alluded to his confidence and swagger um, earlier in the, in the pod when we spoke about um, Nick Pascuzzi sauntering into the, the cards game at the function on Friday night and, and the, the setup that he's rolling up top at the moment. He's been dominating um, the practice matches at the moment. He's, he's, he's buzzing around, looking dangerous. Every time he gets the ball, he, he's, he's making um, things happen. So... My big call is Nick Bascuzzi to win the goal kicking this year. I don't think we've had a small forward win the goal kicking since um, Fothers back in the day, Steve. Is that right? Oh, yeah. He's, he won it about eight years in a row, but I can't think of one since. Yeah. So, like, you know, Chummer was a medium-sized forward, could play tall, could play small, whereas Nick Pascuzzi is legitimate small. And um, you know, great defensive pressure. But I, I think I think he, as a as a twenty one year old, could win the goal kicking this year. And um, if he wins the Mazenot goal kicking, he's he's going to go a long way to winning the league goal kicking. So that's my big call. Big call, I like it. Well, for me, it's a one that history suggests is pretty unlikely, but I'm going to go with it. And it's really sunk in listening to the season previews that were a decent chance of this. I'm going to go nine from nine teams make finals. So. All three senior men's, both 19s, both women's teams, and the two feeder teams just locking away finals this year. No way. You can't, that can't happen. That can't happen. This is the year. Like, that's a 2021. Start of a decade under the Mazenod counting system. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we could be the team of the decade in, by just by putting together seven, nine flags in one year. That, <laughs> it's a big call when we haven't even got the fixtures for half the teams yet, but I don't know. Just, just got a good feeling. Would we win that for the team of the year with that that sort of numbers? Surely, you'd hope so. You'd want to bank a few flags, but and I, and I, haven't, I haven't guaranteed nine flags. Then mind you, I've guaranteed nine final series. But oh, nine no, finals! Just, just series. Think we're shaping okay. it pretty well. Yeah, just 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 finalists across the board, which makes it a pretty exciting time come August or who knows with COVID November or February or something when finals finally come around. It's that sort of pessimism that's been holding the club back for years. I'd love to be back to see a little bit more and thought we could win some flags. No, I just, uh, I, think, I think it's a bright year down at the Nod. Uh, now, as we, as we work through the season, we're, we're going to have a number of recurring segments on the pod. Um, and we'll be looking for a bit of 
bit of audience participation for some of these, but one of them that we're, we're quite keen to get up and running and it's just, it's just something that you can't ignore. There's so many juicy tales going around in the footy club. So a segment that we've got the placeholder name of the weekly whispers, just covering the rumours and innuendo from around the club. Uh, we're going to, between Rob, Sam and myself, if you've got any bits of goss or you've got any inside scoops you want to pass along to us, flick them over and they might get a run on the weekly whispers segment. We're, we'll break the big stories first. If you're a 3AW listener, you're you know, 7.30 in the morning, you might hear the rumour file or plugged into the confidential pages of the Herald Sun. You might, you might know how this sort of stuff works, but we're going to be finger on the pulse and no topics off limits. So just to kick us off, we've, uh, we've kind of put our noses to the ground and just dug up a bit of dirt from the preseason so far. Boys, what have you found? I, I'm pretty close to this guy, so I'm not sure if I'm speaking out of school publicly here, but at the club function um, on Friday night, it might have let slip Stu Inglis maybe looking at a comeback at the club. He was looking at an absolute million bucks. Shoulders were as broad as ever, um, absolutely glistening. And getting named on the wing, which is not a position that he's known for, but maybe a bit of a, a message that maybe that's a position that he can play in this decade. Um, so I think possibly Stu Inglis to come back to the footy club and um, play a significant role in 2021. What team What team is he coming back to, Rob, do you think? Is he a, he's obviously nah, a fun player, but is he, is he coming pretty back clear to cut. No, he, might have been tra- he might have been training with us all pre-season. You wouldn't know. <laughs> it looks in better nick than if he'd been doing a third pre-season, I would have thought. He's um, from my understanding with the beers and Palmer after training. Don't knock it till you've tried it. He's uh well, I actually went to Palmer's after training once and had a steak and was never I was banished, wasn't I, Deeks? Well, Robbie, it's called Palmer's for a reason, mate, and you can't rock up and order a steak and veg. It's I think it's pretty clear cut why you weren't invited. <laughs> and, I, and I've le- I've learned I've learned and um, yeah. yeah I understand. Won't make that mistake again. Um, oh. So yeah, Stewie Inglis coming back to the club, and I think in a in a senior capacity, he's probably one of those Rolls Royces that goes straight to the ones. And I think that you know he won't be on the wing for too long. Put it that way. Well, sure, there's a lot of people that love to see it. Uh, so to the Nodcast listeners out there, if you've got any juicy info that you think the people would love to hear, just hit us up. Uh, we'd be happy to slip it into the pod for you. Well, boys, pre-season edition, I think that's probably all we've got time for today. Thank you both for joining us on the pod. Thanks. Been a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing all the Notta supporters at Round 1 at Como Park, and um, it's going to be a big 2021. Yeah, good to be here. Hopefully uh, us three get better as the weeks go on. Um, first potty, so we're obviously going to get better, but... Excited to see where the potty goes. I'm, I'm assuming global. It won't take long, uh, but I think we're, we're destined for, for greatness, the, the Nodcast. <laughs> we'll be joined by some fantastic guests in the upcoming weeks, which are definitely going to drag the standard up for everyone. So thanks to everyone for joining, and we'll speak to you all next week.